You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode 73, Cody, Abrams, and Melbourne. Guys, how we doing? Pretty good, Harp. Nice to have a long weekend and kind of refresh your brain and ready to get back at it tomorrow. Yeah, same here, man. Good long weekend. Valentine's Day, you know, I had some time off, uh, you know, to spend playing a bit of hockey, skating with a girlfriend, all of that, all of that fun stuff. So yeah, back at it tomorrow, ready to watch the Leafs tonight, so all things are, are looking good right now. Harper, the, the your team is back. The Sabres are back tonight. How are you? You must be ecstatic. Yeah, I, I you know, I got my jersey on uh, for a podcast episode for the first time in a while, but I'm excited, man. They were off for a couple of weeks there. You guys know how much I love the Sabres and love watching them, and so really looking forward to uh, seeing them get back at it. Nine games in 14 days, so it's a crazy schedule for them, but really looking forward to seeing them back. And another thing I'm really looking forward to is the fact that uh, we're finally opening things back up here in Brockville uh, for Chad and I. Case, I know you're up in Kingston and things open back up a bit for you up there, man. But, uh, you know, we're entering green zone again. And, and so things are looking up. I'm in a great mood today, guys. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm going to be joining you tomorrow, Harper, as the Devils are going to be getting back at it with the Rangers. And True. I'm sure they're going to have like 100 games in 100 days. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. And I'm pretty excited. One thing I want to add about how we are all doing is I want to say that we're uh, now open to donations so that the boys in the booth can turn the heat on in their homes as we are all wearing toques right now inside for this episode. That's true. Eh? I feel like that's a common theme. There's always a, there's always a toque on or like sweaters or whatever. You know, it's winter time. You know, I get it. But anyways, it's kind of funny. That's an interesting observation. Yeah, our listeners better appreciate all these episodes we do because we're freezing cold every time we do them. So, <laughs> but uh, oh, that that's great. Anyways, I'm in a great mood, guys. Uh, sounds like you two are as well, and it's great. So let's get rolling, shall we? Okay, we're going to be talking about uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins and really what's next for this franchise and the core three: Crosby, Malkin, and Latang, um, and and most importantly, the new uh, the new. Uh, Two at the top, uh, Ron Hextall, general manager, and Brian Burke, a surprise as uh, president of Hockey Ops with the Pittsburgh Penguins. They are 2-0 uh, under the new uh, regime in, uh, in Burke and Hextall, so they're looking good so far. Um, but yeah, this is what we're going to be talking about. What is next for this franchise? Chad, I'll go to you first uh, with uh, a move that you've got and uh, just your thoughts on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Well, first of all, I wanted to just do like an initial reaction as well. And then also we've got cap or no cap coming up, right, Art, before we get in, into this. But I, I wanted to do uh, my initial reaction here because 
did anyone see this coming? Brian Burke, president of hockey operations in Pittsburgh. Like he just filmed a commercial on Sportsnet. Like he he was an integral part of that panel during intermissions. And I just to me, I was completely blown away. I didn't think that Berkey was done in in hockey by any means, but I didn't think that he would pick up a, a, a job so soon after signing that deal with Sportsnet and, and getting ready to, you know, be a panelist for, you know, the foreseeable future. So I was completely shocked by that do you guys have the same reaction as well yeah it's kind of funny how we went we went from talking about burke as in everyone saying oh he should be the next don cherry and and be on coach's corner or or get his own like personalized segment because you know burke's law right and he's also very opinionated so it was all kind of going in that direction and then just out of nowhere he he's been hired and, and he's back in the game so yeah i was pretty surprised myself too yeah, that that whole move just weirded me out, and like I was getting used to him on the panel uh, talk about the Leafs, and I hate his takes for the Leafs, so I'm kind of a little bit excited now that he's not going to be on Sportsnet, but whatever. He's a very divisive figure anyway, and he's got a lot of hot takes, but that's what makes him good on TV, right? Same exactly. with, same with the Don Cherry. So I I get his angle and why he does that stuff, but I just wanted to say right off the off the bat. I was shocked, but anyways, Harper, are we are, are we gonna get into cap or no cap, or is that uh, is that what we're gonna do? Are, now? are we allowed? Are you scrapping that, Harper? Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> no, no, I uh, I forgot, guys. Yeah, so uh, I forgot to kick it off with cap or no cap, but uh, we will do it now. I do have a couple <laughs> of questions, uh, just uh, just two for you guys he for this week on the episode. So yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I didn't Anyways. mean to I didn't mean to like throw you under the bus or anything. I was just caught off guard. I thought that was going to be this recurring segment that we get into, but uh yeah, anyways, if you've got them sure, if you don't whatever, we don't have to. I just thought No, you know. that's okay. I do have a couple and case kind of threw me under the bus there a second ago. I did just write them up, so I do uh, I do I do <laughs> I do have them, but yes, uh, we can we can do that for sure. I was so, just excited to get into the penguins, so So not um, only are Casey and I just learning about about these questions but you are as well so that's that's perfect for the uh, third or maybe the fourth installment of cap or no cap so anyways let's let's get into it i'm ready <laughs> it's now time for cap or no cap on boys in the booth Okay, just a couple of questions for cap or no cap. We're keeping it simple this week. Um, here's the first one. Okay, the Chicago Blackhawks will squeak in as a playoff team this season. Cap or no cap? Case. Uh, cap. I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. They're off to a little bit of a hot season, uh, start to the season, and there's some teams behind them right now that have played a few less games than them. I think that Dallas is going to take their spot for sure. So I'm going to go ahead and say cap on that one. Yeah, Case, I'm going to have to totally agree on that one. Um, I I think when we look at hot starts and even in a shortened season and you look at the advanced numbers for for players and and for teams, there always has to be that regression to the mean. And I think, um, you know, you look at the Chicago Blackhawks start and they're riding a hot goalie in that rookie Kevin Lankinen, I think is his name. And anyways, it's just like it's not sustainable to me. I, I understand that he's he's had a good start and he's a good goaltender overall. But at the end of the day, like, 
how many times have we seen this same old song and dance where a hot goaltender steps in, steals a few games here and there, but then, you know, there's that inevitable regression that hasn't happened yet, but I think it will. So yeah, I'm going to say cap. They're not making the playoffs. You know what I will say to add uh, to the Chicago Blackhawks, give them one good thing is that I'm going to go ahead and put my foot in my mouth and say that Deprinket is on fire so far this season. And, and before the season, I was saying he was going to regress a little bit because he's not going to be playing with Jonathan Taves. And that seems to be when he gets his most points. So good yeah. job for uh, Debrinkat, who's lighting it up with Patty Kane. No, great point. He is back, and uh, he's back to the Alex Debrinkit that we saw score 40 goals a couple of years ago. So that is mm-hmm. great to see. A couple of guys up front that I really like in their top six, that Pia Suter, who has a hat trick already this season, and then Kurashev as well has been playing really well. So, um, But yeah, an interesting question, I think, but uh, we're... We're going to see here soon. I think yeah. the, uh, you know, the the hotness will will kind of wear out for the Blackhawks. But I mean, did we think they were going to be seven, five and one out of the gate here? I don't think anybody did. Boys. No, no but for sure. based off our NHL equivalent uh, posts, Suter is exactly what we thought he was going to be. Yeah. So, oh, good call. Yeah. yeah. There, that's one thing. The NHL e-posts will be interesting to look at throughout the year because we did that before the season started and we just took the numbers based on these players playing in other leagues and the NHL equivalency converter converts it to stats on an 82-game pace. Although this is a 56-game season, we're seeing a lot of good production from players that we had, or not we, but the equivalency had projected uh, to have good years in the NHL and Pui Sutter is one of them. So that sure. definitely, I totally forgot about the NHL e-post. So that's something, uh, that's something awesome to think about too. Yeah. Good plug. All right, boys. Uh, we'll move on to the second uh, and final question for cap or no cap, keeping it light this week, as I said, but uh, anyway, even though he is, I, I, I think he's one of, if not the longest serving general manager in the national hockey league. He's been with this, uh, with this organization for a long time, but uh, given their struggles, David Poyle won't be back as general manager of the Nashville predators uh, next season case. Cap or no cap? He won't be back. I'm going to say cap. I think that personally over the last 10 years, I think that he has been the best general manager in the league. And, uh, you know, this team was, they were, they were fighting for the Stanley cup every single year for about seven years in a row. And they were always near the top of the standings. And, you know, it, it seems like they've always had just one thing set them back in the playoffs and then they're out. And and that's the way it goes in this league sometimes. And honestly, I I think he is still a great general manager, and he has the right mindset. And this team is bad because this team is getting old, and it it's just kind of the natural swing of things where you're good for a long time, and then you got to rebuild at some point. And I think it's uh, I think it's time for Nashville. Um, another thing I'll say for a good note on David Poyle is. Uh, there's a lot of talks that John Hines is going to be fired. And I think that is the right move, as I have noted many times that he should not be a head coach in the NHL. And that's probably a big chunk of the reason why they're so bad this year. Yeah, good point. Uh, I'm going to have to agree with you again. Two for two case. This almost oh, wow. never happens. I don't think in the history of the podcast, but yeah, two for two. I'm going to say uh, cap Poyle will be back next year. And uh, I'll tell you why. One of the main reasons, uh, one of the main value determinators of a GM in the NHL is 
uh, asset management. And I think in terms of asset management, he's done a good job. And you look at this team and the reason that they're not doing so well is that um, it isn't that they have poor assets and that they're not built correctly. And that's on the GM to do that. I think they are built pretty well. They just have a lot of players underperforming and you'd like to see more offense out of guys like Matthew Shane. And you'd love to see better goaltending out of, you know, a Saros or a Rene, whoever's time it is in the crease at, at any given moment during the season. But I think uh, in terms of asset management, he's been pretty good. And I, can't, I don't think you can place the blame of, of the Nashville Predators uh, poor start uh, on David Poyle. So I'm going to say cap, he will be back next year i think um you know he'll, he'll get another shot to prove that you know these players are are as good as he thinks they are and as good as the rest of the league uh, also values them so uh yeah i'm gonna say he'll be back no great points by you both on on david Poyle and you know not knocking him down as a general manager he's done a good job but uh, just thought it's an interesting question to ask given uh the the struggles that the predators have had out of the gate they're six and nine in that central division so again we'll have to see what happens with john hines and some of their upcoming ufas moving forward so it's going to be interesting and there we go there is cap or no cap keeping it quick uh, this week so thanks for that fellas and we'll get back into uh talking about the pits penguins hey fellas we are in the thick of winter and a storm's a brewing it looks like one to three inches are in the forecast when you trim that hibernation bush that's been taking place in your pants luckily our partners at manscape specialize in products to make sure you're walking around town with beautiful snowballs manscape is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels hey chad what team was Galchenyuk playing for the last time you shaved your balls? That's a really good question. I think he was playing for the Canadien in La Belle Province. Uh, oh. So that was a while ago for sure. But uh, yeah, during that time, you know, I used the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. It's the best hygiene tool for the modern man. And because of their ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology, your snags on your snowballs will be reduced. The trimmer is also waterproof, so you can trim in the shower or the jacuzzi if you're a savage. Manscaped Performance Package is the best buy of 2021. The Performance Package comes with the all new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag. Have you ever noticed how nasty your nose and ear hair is? In fact, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Might as well use the best tools to do the job. This bundle also comes with the crop preserver ball deodorant and crop reviver ball toner don't get cold feet this winter boys that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code bitb20 that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code bitb20 thanks manscaped for making our winter wieners look so good all right um Case, your your thoughts on uh, on the Penguins and and the shakeup, uh, any any particular moves that that they should get into and and things like that. Well, again, I'm going to say that I was completely shocked to hear about this, and it's funny. Last episode, we were kind of talking about that old boys club and how it's still a thing in the league. While this team is like the biz- biggest example of that now, yeah. and. Uh, it's funny that, you know, a couple of the older guys in the league being Crosby and Malkin and the most respected guys in the league. It's funny that they're endorsing these two uh, getting the the positions. So 
you know, it, it, it's all, it's all as it's been in the league, everything is normal. And, uh, it's funny cause we talked about, uh, Tony, uh, D'Angelo getting yeah. picked up by the old boys club. Like that was his <laughs> last hope. Well, this might be his knocking or his calling. Um, you know, when I look at this team, I think it's pretty easy to point out a couple of problems, some issues right away. The first one is the most glaring one, and that's goaltending. It has not been good. I had some hope it would turn out, but it, it just hasn't. We talked about that last episode as well. Yeah. Uh, their special teams on both sides has not been very good, but realistically, the only one you really need to fix there is the penalty kill because give Crosby and, and Malkin enough time on the power play and they will score goals. Um, you know, the the last one I have here is is team defense. You know, you see a lot of pucks going in the net against this team and the goals against average is bad, but you can't blame all of that on the goalie. And frankly, looking at the stats, I'm not going to blame it all on the defenders on this team either. It's team defense. That's the problem. And, you know, the the solutions here that, you know, the obvious one of get a goalie is is definitely there. But I think one that needs to happen, and I, I'm not sure where to look right now. I'm not a general manager for this reason. And it's they need a third line driver, a, a player that can drive a line on his own, because you know that this top six is going to be phenomenal no matter what. Like Malkin and Crosby, they've got this locked down, put mostly anyone with them and it's going to work out. Well, you've seen some problems now in the 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 third line and the fourth line, and they don't have a driver down there. They need a guy that's going to take some of the pressure off of Crosby and Malkins because, you know, they're going to be playing the other team's best lines every single night. And, uh, you know, having that third line is going to, going to fix that big time. I'm hoping that, uh, Zach Austin Reese might be that guy and he's right there on the team already. And so far two games, two goals, and he's looked really good. So my last point about this team, you know, other than the ones that are still left open with who's going to be that line driver is they need to make a decision now because this team is losing its direction. And that's a big problem. And you don't know if they're going to be a playoff team. You don't know if they're ready for a rebuild. Well, I think that Burke and uh, Hextall just need to come in and make that decision right now. They can't wait. We've, we've talked about diminishing returns and, and waiting late in the season. I don't think they can wait until the off season to make their move. I think it has to happen right now, whether that be big or bringing in someone big to try to make a playoff push or cutting loose some of the, the top names and starting the rebuild early. So, yeah. you know, a lot of points there to unpack, but that's, that's the way I see this team right now. Yeah. Good, good points there case. And, uh, you know, talking about like this team lacking a direction, like that is so true. We posted, uh, on our Instagram page, probably like a month and a half ago. Uh, and the question was, should the penguins rebuild retool or contend? And that was the famous one where Harp just commented yes on the post. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's something that is still a question here almost two months later after that post. And it's and it's not certain um, to me. I think the move to bring in Hextall and Berkey, I think, is more leaning towards the Penguins doing a retool and contending now. So retooling in the short term making a push, making some moves to improve the lineup right now while they can still contend because their window is closing um, and then just kind of see what they can do. Because like to me right now, I think you have to contend with with the three players that they have there with Latang, Crosby and Malkin 
and I think actually 100%. Hextall said that as well. So that's something mm-hmm. that uh, that you know I think they they might have gained a bit of direction uh, adding those two two yeah. guys anyway. And and if I had to pick the direction that uh, they go with, it's exactly that. I think yeah. retooling and trying to make it a push this season because you do still have a couple of years left in the tank of Crosby and Malkin. And the last thing I want to see is either of those two get traded. Yeah, I'm a little. I have less of a a position on Latang. Like my my bias opinion, because I'm not a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, is trade Chris Latang because there's some value there, and you might be able to get something in the return, and maybe throw Mike Matheson in there and throw an extra pick to get rid of that contract, and yeah. you can bring in <laughs> something that's going to help out your team. So I I would definitely like to see them retool and and try to make the push this year, and. uh and, and go with it with Crosby and Malkin. I want them to retire Penguins. So yeah. either of you boys have that uh, that big move that's going to push them into the playoffs. Well, yeah, like I I've, I've got one move here, but I I just want to talk a bit more about like the direction. That's something that we're we're chatting about. And uh, according to Zach Leach, and now take this with a grain of salt as well. He, he writes for Pro Hockey Rumors. So again grain of salt but he had mentioned that mario lemieux would be willing to move chris letang if it were done the right way and obviously one of the big uh one of the big arguments for removing uh gmjr was that he was trying to move chris letang so that was you know the the breaking point for mario lemieux and and company in the ownership group they're like okay we're not going to move chris letang unless it's done the right way so um yeah i think out of the three though that's definitely the one that would be on the move you would have to think that both malkin and crosby aren't going to be traded unless they make it clear to management that they want out and i don't think either player does right now they've been there their whole careers they've won cops like and i think they still have the opportunity to win another one but um yeah so uh, focusing on on a trade here i think that's something that that needs to be done and i think bringing in these two guys hextall and berkey like i think that's what their focus is going to be in the short term is is making some trades and trying to improve this roster right away and case you mentioned it like right off the top the glaring uh you know trouble for this team and the low-hanging fruit for me for this episode is goaltending you know their goaltending has been terrible and last week, Bob McKenzie said that, you know, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins were trying to get Marc-Andre Fleury back. And it's like, oh, my God, you're living three years in the past. But like, clearly, if they're that desperate trying to get that guy back, who, by the way, was like fantastic in Pittsburgh and like was involved in the community and wants to retire a penguin, apparently. But if they're trying to get that guy back. Like, clearly, they're, they're very desperate. But apparently, Vegas wasn't budging. Um, I, well, I, sorry, go uh, ahead, Case. Yeah, obviously. Like I, I've heard these rumors too that you know Flurry wants to go back. I I agree, like fully understand that one. But the fact that everyone's saying that they're trying to make a trade for Flurry, why would Vegas do that right now? Yeah. Why would like the second hottest team in the league right now, who is wanting to make the deepest push, one of the best tandems, willing to trade their best goalie right now because Flurry is seven and one. Yeah, first of all, he's on fire lately. 
why would you trade him right now? That made absolutely yeah. no sense. I was kind of hoping that one of you guys would say this trade and I was going to no. jump all over it. No, <laughs> this is what Bob McKenzie said last week, though. He said they made a very hard push and Vegas was like not a chance, which like yeah. obviously that makes sense. But uh, yeah, like I, I, last episode and I don't want to get into like the numbers again, but like last episode, I absolutely ripped on on Jari and like I feel bad because he's a good goaltender, but he's had a terrible start. He's been the second worst goalie in the league this season in terms of save percentage above expected average uh, that stat from moneypuck.com only guy worse than him in that stat is Marcus Hogberg from the Ottawa Senators so Sens have two struggling goalies at least Pittsburgh only has like one and a half I guess but uh, yeah so so here's my trade it involves a goaltender and it involves a team and you guys are as soon as I say this you're gonna know uh, the Arizona Coyotes so the Yotes, uh, I, I was a bit hard on them in our, our standings predictions at the start of the year, but right now they are on the outside looking in in that West division. They're sitting just one point out of a playoff spot, so it's not panic mode for the Coyotes yet. Um, they've also got a game in hand, but I will say it's something to keep an eye on. I think this trade only happens if... Uh, if uh, Arizona realizes that they're not going to make the playoffs and they want to get a pick in return and start recouping those picks that they lost uh, due to their suspension or whatever with the NHL. Um, But here's my trade. Anti-Ranta. That's who goes to Pittsburgh if Arizona misses the playoffs. And uh, I think in return, Arizona could acquire Casey DeSmith, who is a future backup for that team. He's got one year left on his deal after this season, and he's a pretty good goalie now. So, And I think in return also they would have to get another player, whether that's a, you know, a depth forward or a mid-tier prospect. In mind, I had Evan Rodriguez. Uh, I think he might be able to, to start scoring if he's put in the right position. He's on the IR right now. I don't know when he's expected to return, but I think a deal similar to that could make sense if Pittsburgh is really you know trying. They might have to add a pick as well they might have to overpay a bit but if they really need that solid starting goaltender i think anti-ranta could be the guy and and the reason it's it's ranta over kemper is well kemper he's 30 years old ranta's 31 kemper's deal extends for one more year ranta's ends this year so his value might be a little bit less and also the glaring one here is kemper has played 11 out of 14 games for arizona and ranta's only played three so kemper has really turned into that you know he solidified that number one spot yes it's always good to have two goalies especially in this weird season but i think if the right deal were proposed to arizona they would have to take it if if anti ranta was on the table he he's had a sort of a shaky start and uh yeah so that's my deal and i'll just recap here pittsburgh acquires anti ranta and again this is only if arizona misses the playoffs or, or feels that they might and arizona in return acquires casey DeSmith and evan rodriguez maybe a pick or another prospect involved let me guys think or let me guys know what you guys think of that trade yeah let me guys think let me guys think. <laughs> Well, first of all, I think it makes sense when you see how many games that Campers uh, played so far this season and the fact that they kind of do have a they have a good little depth chart going on yeah. in Arizona in goaltending. And Aiden Hill is, you know, a serviceable backup goalie if if, if he had that position. And uh, so it makes sense to me there. But what I am going to say is that I think this team is still going to make the playoffs. Uh, I don't think Anaheim's going to be sticking in that position that much longer. And, you know, I, 
I think some of these moves make sense, but I don't know if Arizona is a team that is looking to do the rebuild thing. I think they're, yeah. they're still, they're kind of turning into the Minnesota wild for me where they need that one thing that's going to push them. So they, they stop being a tweener team and start being a playoff team. Um, and I don't know if getting rid of the, the solid tandem they have there is, is that move right now. But you know, that being said, it, it certainly makes sense. Uh, you know, given the the workload so far this season, I was kind of a, you know, before I, I don't want to get away from your trade yet, but what I did want to mention is one that I have heard about rumors of, and I think makes more sense for almost the exact reasons you have brought up that this team is not making the playoffs and may be looking to get some, some picks. They already have a good prospect pool. So things are going to get better for this team. It's the Anaheim ducks. And it makes me feel very sad watching John Gibson play yes. for that team right now because he is one of the best goalies in the league, hands down, and he's stuck on the Anaheim Ducks. And it's frustrating. They're an aging team, like their core is aging. They've got a lot of youth coming up in the system. But I would love to see John Gibson get traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, I read the other day that, you know, Berkey's got connections there as well as John Gibson's from Pittsburgh. So yeah, I saw that. another. Another great yep. reason for him to go there. And, you know, that was that was my goaltending option for, for a trade. I don't really know what goes back and forth, but he's the guy I'd like to see come. Although I could definitely see Ranta making that move. Um, you know, I've always kind of thought about him as a backup goalie, but there's a few years there in uh, New York where he played quite a few games because either Hank was hurt or, or I don't know what was going on. He played like 40 games one year and 37 games the other year. He, you know, he, he can definitely be that starting guy. So I, I know that he would like this trade because he's yeah. sick of being that one B guy. So yeah, I, I'm with you with this trade. Makes sense. Case, as much as uh, I would love to see John Gibson, uh, you know, get freed from from the prison of Anaheim, and it's funny to say, like, they're a terrible team, so it feels like a prison, but the guy's living on the beach in California, like, not having any care in the world, but yeah, as much as I would love to see him go to Pittsburgh and, like, win a cup or something, that would be unreal. I think uh, the reason I brought up this trade is it like the Pittsburgh Penguins don't have a lot of cap space to work with. And uh, anti Ranta makes 4.25. I'm not sure what, what Gibson makes, but the, the deal with Ranta is that his deal is expiring this year. And if we want to talk about asset management, uh, I don't think the Arizona Coyotes are willing to sign Ranta long-term. I just don't, I don't think they value that that much or they value him that much, especially with Kemper for sign for one more year after this. And then the, a good prospect pool as well with with Aiden Hill coming up as well. So if we're talking about strictly a, uh, an asset management move from the Arizona Coyotes perspective, that's where I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, but then again, like when you talk about Arizona and asset management in, in the same sentence, it never turns out positive. So that's that's something that I, I think would definitely make sense. But I'm not sure if uh, if it's the right deal. I think it would help Pittsburgh for sure, because as we've been over, like their goaltending has been horrible so far. Harb, what are, you, what are your John, thoughts on the deal? You haven't chimed in yet. 
Yeah, no, um, I, I like it, Chad. It makes sense. Like, obviously, it's been rumored for the last year and a half now that one of those goalies will go out of Arizona so that they can recuperate some picks and, and that sort of thing. Uh, um, so it, it makes sense to me. And, and to Casey's point as well, I have heard the John Gibson rumors. I mean, it'd be nice to get uh, a Vesna Trophy caliber goaltender on a on a better hockey team than the than the building Anaheim Ducks. Uh, definitely feel bad for John Gibson there. So both of those options make a lot of sense. I mean, the the Gibson deal, I think, is a little bit more difficult to pull off, in my opinion. But I could definitely see Ronta, uh, uh, you know, going to uh, going to Pittsburgh. Another one that I wonder is one of the goalies in Dallas because of the way that Jake Ottinger has been coming on uh, for the stars, you know. So either Anton Hudobin, who, um, you know, he's on a three-year deal at 3.3 million per I know he's an older goaltender at 34 but he has shown that he can be sort of that one uh, that one B starter um, and or Ben Bishop you know what I mean so one of those two guys so I think there are some options uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins when it comes to goaltending it's a need that needs to uh, to be addressed for them um, but Chad uh, to kick off that conversation I definitely like uh, what you came up with with Ranta I think if you traded Hugh Dobin right now, um, there'd be riots in the street of <laughs> Dallas. If that is, if they could get out of their houses, it sounds like they're a little snowed in right now. Yeah. But I think they would be pissed because he's like such a fan favorite there right oh, now. Yeah. And and Gibson, that's that's a great tandem. That's another one that you know you you don't want to split up, but you have to see maybe one of them getting plucked away by seattle if not so that's true that's another thing you have to think of seattle yeah. expansion draft is coming up but uh in terms of goalies guys uh, while we're on the subject before we move on to uh to harper's proposed move for for the pittsburgh penguins here i just want to say i've got a list of goalies available after this season you want to hear it rask Anderson, Rene, Bennington, Ranta, Grubauer, Drieger, all of those guys, if the Pittsburgh Penguins, and etc., by the way, the list continues on, but those are some of the most notable names, any of those guys would be able to help the Penguins next season if that's the route they're willing to go or if they're not able to get it done this season to address the goaltending. But if they want to ride out Tristan Jari for the rest of the year and you know, hopefully he improves, um, then maybe that's the route they go and they end up giving a big ticket to one of those guys in the offseason so i could definitely see that as well they'd have to move some cap space too so yeah that's the thing it's just it's so tough to come up with a an actual like solid proposed mock trade because and and berkey was was very honest he's he's cold and blunt as we know him to be uh he said you know it's not going to be an easy task for for him and hextall because they're capped out right now and they don't have a lot of picks and prospects so um it's it's definitely not easy but uh yeah appreciate you for trying chad with that mock <laughs> trade and 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 again there are a lot of goaltenders available so anyway um for me, this was tough, you know, to come up with a proposed move uh, for the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. But, you know, I, I just I look at this forward group and in particular the bottom six 
And it's just, it's not enough for me. I mean, we, you know, we saw them play a very good game against the Washington Capitals. Um, that third line, Aston Reese, Bluger, and Brandon Tanev, who I have been so impressed with on this team. Um, you know, they, they were a very good line and, and have been pretty solid this season so far. Obviously, the Gensel Crosby Russ line has been fantastic. But, you know, the second line with Zucker, Malkin, and Kapanen, they have to get going. And then the fourth line for me is is American Hockey League line of of Sevior, uh, Mark Jankowski, and and Sam Lafferty. So I think if they if they could pick up a solid depth forward, that would be a good first move for them. And Case, you were joking about it before we hopped on uh, the call here for the episode, but. Um, I, I think Sam Bennett could really be an option for this team. He's a guy that Berkey obviously knows very well from his time in Calgary, and he could come in and reunite with a former teammate in Mark Jankowski. And I'm not saying that Bennett would be that third-line driver, like you said, Case, but I don't know. I think maybe a change of scenery, like we've said, it's been an ongoing theme on this podcast. I think it would be good for them, and a team that's looking to compete and play hard in the playoffs, I think picking up a guy like that that Berkey is very familiar with would be a great first move for for Pittsburgh. Again, I don't know how you make it work with the the $2.5 million cap hit, but I don't know. I could see it as a possibility. Again, Berkey knows him really well. Thoughts on that, boys? Yeah, well, it sounds like you and I are on the same page that it, it needs to be like this, you know, third line player. And for me, it needs to be more of a driver. And, and you know, I, I say that because you look at Tampa Bay and the success they've had so far this season and, you know, winning the Stanley Cup last year. Um, one of the things that... It, allows Braden Point and Steven Stamkos and Kucherov and, you know, Kalorn and Johnson and all these other guys in their top six to play so well and get the production they have and be able to dominate is because they have such a good third line that takes the attention of the other team's defensive lines or top line because they're a shutdown line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Chad, you po- posted that, uh, that's, um, that story on our Instagram page kind of showing the expected goals for and the best lines in the league. Well, Tampa Bay's third line was the sixth yeah. best line. And it's, yeah. <laughs> you know, Goudreau, Gord, and uh, Coleman. And and that line is just devastating every time they're on the ice, just crashing and banging and getting chances and opportunities left, right, and center. And again, it takes away the attention from, uh, well, if they're on Pittsburgh, Malkin and Crosby, and giving them a little more room to play. And that's exactly what this team needs. Now, Sam Bennett, of course, I'm going to want him on my bottom six, no, like no matter what team I have. Uh, so, of course, he's always a good option there. But I still don't know if he's a line driver. But mm-hmm. I think that, you know, maybe, a, you know, a, a Sam Bennett, Tanev and Austin Reese, maybe that line drives itself, you know, all three of them together. So, yeah, definitely an option. Yeah. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I think when you're talking about lines, like it's a good point to say that you need drivers on all lines. And I think, you know, my bias here aside, I think that's something that the Maple Leafs have done very well. Like they have what they do is pairs. And I look at I look at this team, um, I, you know, I look at the Pittsburgh Penguins and I don't, I don't see a lot of pairs. I see a really good top six 
forward group, but then it just drops off as we've both mentioned. So maybe it's, it comes down to coaching and maybe it's, you know, you put Crosby and Gensel together and then Malkin and maybe Rust and then Kapanen is guy who drives your third line, or maybe it's, you know, whoever it may be. But I think something has to change there because as we've mentioned, especially last episode, uh, the Malkin line has not been good. Um, you know, so I, I think maybe too, those are some experiments that we, that they can try. And obviously Hextall and Berkey, uh, are not the coach of this team, but maybe, you know, they'll, they'll have some input in terms of structuring the lines, you know, maybe it's rust, maybe it's Zucker, maybe it's Kapanen, like one of these guys should be able to drive a third line and spread out, you know, the offense. And then I think that the only problem with doing that is that I don't know if they have enough guys who can, who can play in the top six, you know, maybe it's Aston Reese who jumps up. But then that leaves a hole in your third line. So I think they're they're just a lot of uh, question marks right now. But they also have a lot of options right now if they don't go out and make a trade right away. So I think maybe, you know, these first few weeks or so and, and they can't wait too long. But maybe these first few weeks, uh, you know, Berkey and Hextall sort of feel out this team, see see how, you know, see where the problem areas are and then figure out where where to address them. And, and hopefully things figure themselves out before they have to make all these big moves. But uh yeah, there's a lot of question marks in Pittsburgh right now, but you know, like I, I can yep. really, I could really see them bouncing back, and and you, you hope for that, right? You hope for you know Crosby to be able to get his fourth cup. Like that guy's unreal. You you think that was on uh, Berkey or Hextall's proposal when they're you know trying out for the job? Uh, uh, we're gonna do this, and then hopefully things will figure themselves out. Do they, you think they put that there? I mean, <laughs> if we're if we're talking about anybody, like I feel like Berkey would be the guy to say that. You know, <laughs> hair slicked back, mouth doesn't move when he talks. Oh, you know, boys, it's gonna figure itself out. I don't do a good turkey, but you know. and the budget will balance itself. Yeah, you know what I'm <laughs> well, saying. I, though. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, well, and, and guys, like just to wrap it up, uh, the Pittsburgh talk, uh, and, and you know, and for this episode, um, Elliot Friedman, I think, summed it up the best that these are two guys coming into this organization who are not afraid of anything, and especially having Berkey there with Hextall, um, you know. He's he's made big changes before. He's not afraid. He doesn't care what anyone thinks. And uh, so far, so good. Like I said, they're two and zero under the Hextall Burke regime. But we know that big changes are going to come sooner rather than later. So, uh, anyways, any last thoughts on the Pittsburgh Penguins before we wrap up here, guys? Uh, well, I kind of hope they don't turn it around because the Devils need a playoff spot. So. <laughs> <laughs> So does uh, Buffalo. So. <laughs> uh, two two things just before we wrap up. Case you mentioned uh, the Tampa Bay line, and I just wanted to ask: Do you miss Blake Coleman yet? Because that's yeah. Stick. Every every day I wake up and look at a picture of him in my wallet, yeah. and I re- remember the times that Blake Coleman was a devil and how great Pickles was for us. Yeah, there you go. And the second thing was. Uh, we shared a post on Instagram yesterday or two days ago or whatever, and it was it was the projected standings for the North Division, and I just want to say we're pretty close for our projections. Very you know, good. Our predictions, clo- you know, are very close to the projections made by Dom Lucision of the Athletic, who runs a simulation fifty thousand times throughout the season and uh yeah so that's just wanted to plug that and we we will be keeping tabs on that for all the divisions as the year goes on so something i wanted to say there was it like montreal and calgary are flipped those are the, that. that was the only thing montreal and calgary were flipped 
But and now I, I will say that's not the current standings. These are projected standings. And yeah. I also will say we didn't make those projected standings, but people were commenting saying, you know, that we did. So anyways, just read the caption, please, <laughs> uh, on, on the post. But yeah, that, those are the, the two things I, I wanted to bring up. You know, guys, to go back to the Penguins for a second, I don't think I have ever thought about, listened to, or talked about the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, as much in my life as I have over the last week and a half. I'm sure you guys will agree. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, good stuff, guys. Uh, expecting some uh, some interesting things from Brian Burke and Ron Hextall in Pittsburgh. And uh, just thank you for the support from our listeners. Thanks for listening. We'll chat with you again next week. Take care. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.